Derek Wetmore is in here, and the twins, like the twins, just sent out their spring training invite list hey, of non-roster guys. Which is, is there anyone even worth mentioning on that list? Uh, hey, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Well, don't throw anyone's name out there. Let's see here. <laughs> Nick Gordon will be there. Okay, so there's some there's some guys. Yeah, Nick Gordon will Lamont be there. That's Wade. great. Jake Reed. Okay, great. All right. Uh, here's the latest on you, Darvish. Well, one of the latest. This is from the L.A. Times over the weekend. In his latest Dodgers mailbag, Andy McCullough of the L.A. Times writes that you, Darvish, has, quote, made it clear he'd like to return to the Dodgers, which is part of the reason... His market hasn't moved forward. Darvish, according to McCullough, has been waiting to see if the Dodgers will be able to shed any money. McCullough notes they've explored dealing from positions of depth by gauging interest in well-compensated veterans such as blah, 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 blah. Um, all right. If Let's say these reports are true, that the Do- you Darvish wants to go to New York or L.A., and he's just waiting for one of those big-money teams to make enough money room for him to sign mm-hmm. without luxury tax penalties. If you're the Twins at this point, don't you go to Alex Cobb or somebody and say... If you're waiting for you, Darvish, we'll give you an extra $5 million. Like, we'll give you an extra $8 million just to sign now so we can have some peace of mind that our rotation's set. Me personally, just move on? I would not. I would hold out hope. And here's why. I think that if you're a major league free agent right now, you're starting to get a little sweaty. Starting? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think I got sweaty two no, weeks no, 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 ago no, and no, I no. collusion was in full sweat. Right. <laughs> right. No, because you told yourself, you sat down with your agent, you guys had that difficult conversation in November that said, all right, do you trust me? I trust you. This is going to get a little hairy. It's going to be a little weird, but you've got to see this through the long haul. What we have to do is get the best deal for you possible. This is the best time of your life to cash in, sign a mega deal, and they want us to buckle. The other side of the fence, that being front offices and owners, they want us to buckle. Are you in or are you out? And every player apparently said, I'm in. Let's get the big deal, whether you're Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, J.D. Martinez, you Darvish, Jake Arrieta, on and on and on. There have only been a few notable exceptions of the big name free agents, the actual good players who have caved, who have signed. I think if you're one of those big names, you're still holding out for a real contract. And so if you're the Twins, what are you hoping they do? You're hoping they blink. You're hoping that Lance Lynn says, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll take a discounted deal. Or you're hoping that, okay, can't get a big name, so Jaime Garcia, here's a one-year deal, and then we'll just let it ride, hope to get something at the trade deadline. If you're a free agent, you're not going to blink right now. You might be willing to take this thing into spring training. If I'm the Twins, I'm not taking a backup option until I know plan A is off the table. So what are we now? I I saw the report. I think it was an agent from, Derek, I want to say Creative Arts. and It it wasn't a name I recognized. came out last week. It's a big name. He's a huge name. With a a complete screed against what's going on here. And I saw that there was then momentum, at least for a tick, to boycott the start of spring training. Buster only said it was discussed and dismissed. Yeah. Um, what do we think at this point is transpiring here? I mean, it do, it does seem by this point that we are talking about at least a form of collusion, given this many big names sitting on the market for this long, and the offers that are coming in seem to be at best trickling in. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look like there's any great competition here. Well, but what do you do? That here's my thing with it. If you're a player that's currently under contract, you'd love to help your brothers out, but you can't not show up for work. That's this isn't the time to strike. You can't do that. That's that's outside of the rules of the collective bargaining agreement. You agreed to this 
and now it's not working in your favor. So I don't think you're going to see mass players, you know, across the league fail to like report to spring training. Yeah. I don't even think, guys, I just know the way players' minds work. I don't even think you're going to see position players show up late. I don't think you're going to have a guy like, uh, let's just take Brian Dozier, for example. I don't think that he would just say, like, oh, what's the last day I can possibly report? Okay. No, Brian Dozier's trying to get ready for his season so he can go hit 40 home runs. Yes, he cares a lot about other guys and, and the rest of the league and the health of the players' union, but, man, when it comes down to it, baseball is such an individual sport. It's so personal. You care about your season, frankly, above all else. I don't think you're going to see Twins players fail to show up for spring training as some, like, Showing of solidarity for yeah. the unemployed free agents. I, I agree with Derek on that. And I mean, if, and plus, if you're a Twins player or almost any other player in baseball, you're looking at your team saying, oh, we can contend for a World Series. Would it be nice to add you Darvish? Absolutely. But the yeah. Twins went to the playoffs without you Darvish last year. So in their minds, they're not going to like, that's the thing. To organize that in the next several weeks would be almost impossible. And I would, I would pose this question too. Are we getting to a point here? Like, what what is this really about? Is this really a set of front office gurus all coming to their senses at the same time, saying <laughs> we're not going to give seven years to JD Martinez? That's ridiculous. We're not going to pay him thirty million dollars when he's thirty five years old. And agents from this antiquated era of player evaluation, back of the baseball card evaluation, like Scott Boris used to show up at the winter meetings in each team suite with a big binder for Prince Fielder touting his home runs and RBIs. Yeah. And the smart front offices would look and say, yeah, we love the home runs and RBIs, but you know his on-base percentage could use some work over here, and his defense at first base is, is quite frankly atrocious because he weighs 700 pounds. So he's not as valuable as your binder would lead you to believe. But there were still five teams, including the Tigers at the time, and then the Rangers who traded for Prince Fielder that thought he was valuable enough to pay. Like, are all the front offices just smart enough now to say, hey, hey, we feel bad. Like, we definitely took advantage of a system that allowed us to pay Mike Trout $500,000 for three years while he was an MVP. But we're not going to, like, overcompensate now by paying too much for guys who are 30 years old. Yeah, I almost think that you've just reached this philosophical standstill between agents and front offices. Two different things have happened, and that's one of them. The other one that I think is happening is you have seen the big contracts – Flop. They've been bad. The Albert Pujols contract. You'd love to get out from under that. Go on down the list. In fact, I saw uh, Brian Kenny on, I think it was on MLB Network, putting together a show based on a uh, Sports on Earth article from Will Leach, the now defunct Sports on Earth, uh, talking about the big contracts in baseball and how have they worked out. And you'd think, yeah, some of them are flops. Like you wouldn't want to be paying these guys that much money. But, you know, they've got to gotta be some pretty good contracts, right? No, like for the most part, you pay a guy 20 million a year, you're going to regret it. By the end of his deal, you're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And so there was this great show that they had this great, it was like 15 minute discussion just about how agents view it, how players view it, certainly how teams are viewing it, that those are now risky contracts. And here's why I think it's affecting the whole market, not just the premier guys. When you know JD Martinez is out there at this potential dollar figure, you're waiting for him to sign before you go get the next best J.D. Martinez. You know the, the difference in baseball between the best pitchers and the middle of the road is significant. Uh, if you're a team trying to pursue the World Series, it's a big difference to have you, Darvish, than Kyle Gibson. 
that's just a right. canyon of a difference. And so the domino has to fall. Exactly right. So yeah. you Darvish needs to sign. Jake Arrieta needs to sign. JD Martinez. Yep. Then I think you're going to see other players come in. But but to your point, Phil, all of that definitely plays into it. That hey. We just know this isn't a very good deal. We don't want to pay for past performance. And now everybody's kind of reading the same book. And here's the thing about J.D. Martinez. That dude has missed a total of like 80 games the last two years due to injury, even though when he's on the field, he's incredible. And he's 30 years old. So if this is where I would put it back on the players and the agents, if you think J.D. Martinez is worth a seven-year contract or even a six-year contract that pays him like $30 million in that final year, you're out of your mind. No sane front office person, unless you're just all in for the next three years, would guarantee a guy with that injury history and that age $30 million in his age 36 season. So then I would also counter by saying, on the, on the, if I'm putting myself in a GM shoes, if you, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna pay you like, either for more years or more money in an individual year to make up for the fact that you didn't make any money when right. you were 22 years old. Right. We're sorry about that, but that's the deal that was collectively bargained. So for you to change that, if you guys want to make more money when you're actually in your prime, you're going to have to go to the table in three years and bargain that. Yeah, And the commissioner of baseball is the best at doing this. He was the chief labor negotiator for Major League Baseball for years. <laughs> he is going to win that battle. Here's what I liken it to. You say $30 million a year for J.D. Martinez, and an agent thinks, yes, you can afford that. Every team in baseball can afford that. You're getting tons of money from the TV, tons of money from the BAM Tech sale. You are doing great business-wise. Now spend it on the field. To which teams are saying, eh, but it's still it's not a smart baseball decision. Every team's talking about that now. Smart baseball decision. Right. You don't want to waste it. It's equivalent to if you were to buy a $10, $11 IMAX ticket. And then things are going well at work, so you get a raise. They give you a 100% raise. They doubled your salary. Yeah. And IMAX comes back and says, well, okay, you can afford to pay $20 for a ticket now. And you might say, ah, oh, I know I'm making all this money. Like $20, that's more than I value that IMAX movie ticket for. That's exactly what front offices are saying. Could we pay J.D. Martinez $25 million a year over six years? Yeah, we could probably pay that. Do I want that salary on my books in four years as he starts to break down? Not exactly. I still want to build a competitive team. I, I think that's where a lot of the disconnect has come between the two sides. And I, I guess the the ultimate question that's going to have to be answered if a collusion grievance is filed eventually, which I think it might be, is this. Did these teams come to the conclusion independently of each other? Or did they come to the conclusion by discussing this? Because that's that's where I believe in 89 or 90 you ran into your problem. Yeah, which I don't was think if it's they collusion. Could, no, but, I don't either. But what, I'm say, but what I'm saying is I think the players are going to grieve this eventually, and then yeah. what an arbitrator is going to have to decide is if if you all read from a book that you bought independently, you're probably fine. If the if you if the Red Sox bought the book and copied the pages and sent them around, that that's where an arbitrator might side with the players, and that's what what happened when that guy Eddie class, I think in ninety one or so, got turned. Free. I think this is an easy case. Like if this is it's it's tough luck for the players and the agents, and I'll give you Mike Trout as because I found this. So Mike Trout, I believe, won two MVPs and was a top player in baseball for two or three years, and made a total of like two million dollars over those three or four seasons. All right. He made big money starting for the first time in 2015. According to Fangraphs, which tracks player value, if you took all the money that's spent on players and then took the value of those players and divvied that money up retroactively and said, okay, 
Here's how much money Mike Trout was worth in the you know pantheon of dollars spent. When he was making five hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, he was really worth sixty-seven million, seventy-seven million, and sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. If you assume that CC Sabathia, who was making twenty or twenty-five, was probably only really worth five, right? Well, let's take some money away from you, give it to Mike Trout. So where I have a problem with this is agents and players are saying, partially, maybe subconsciously, damn it, my guy got bleeped, whether it's Trout or somebody else, and Trout's not a free agent, my guy got bleeped when he was a stud player in the arbitration system for the first six years, and now he's going to get what he's worth. And front officers are saying, that ain't my fault. Yeah, I'm not going to pay him when he's 37. Right, exactly. You signed up for this, and I think Mike Trout's maybe not the example I want to use. Let's say you, Darvish. Teams are saying, okay, love to have you, Darvish. Yes, he would make us a World Series contender. If you're the Twins, you, Darvish, makes you a World Series contender right now. Yeah. But the argument against it is, well, God, 20, what is it, $26 million? Oof, that's a lot. When we could just run out Alberto Mejia for 30 starts and get some fraction of, not, he's not going to be you, Darvish. He's not going to get us to the World Series, but he'll be like some percentage of it, yeah. and we'll pay him $500,000 and be happy. Yeah. That's that's a big separator. I don't know how you bridge that gap if you're the players. Derek Wetmore, find his Thank stuff you, covering the Twins and other items at 1500ESPN.com and our Touch Em All podcast feed. Go subscribe to it and uh, give us a nice little five-star rating while, while you're at it. We appreciate that. Or at Thanks, least guys. like four stars.